Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight, the reigning, defending, 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 undisputed universal heavyweight champion, Wildcat Radio 2.0, bear down, you beautiful people. What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Berry. And I think for the first time in almost three years, we are talking about an Arizona football team that has a winning record. Brett, like this is this is great. What what what, what do I do with my hands to celebrate this? I don't know what to do. <laughs> well, not that anyway. <laughs> no, Arizona went to San Diego State and won that game 38-20. Um, we had each predicted Arizona to win the game. I don't think either of us anticipated it would be dominant. And 38-20 to is... That's a not a blowout. It's a comfortable win. But in terms of the way that game went, Brett, it was very much a blowout. Arizona was in control basically from the opening snap till the end. A couple of hiccups that they had, a couple of miscues. If not for those, San Diego State would have had nothing going for them, whereas Arizona's offense seemed to have its way with San Diego State's defense. That was pleasant. I, the entire afternoon was just like, okay, this is happening. This is happening. It's still happening. It happened. <laughs> I, Great, great recap. <laughs> I mean, is that kind of how it felt? Because no, wait, wait, Arizona's yeah. up, you're like, okay, this is nice. They're still up. Okay, it's kind of, you know, they're still up. It's, you know, it's okay. And then, oh, they won. Cool. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, and if you look statistically, it's almost the mirror image of the game last year where, where San Diego State basically handled Arizona the entire game. Like, I think they, the total yards were like within plus or minus five yards for each team in, in the in the opposite column, right? Uh, Arizona, you know, didn't necessarily dominate in the run game, but they had an effective run game. Uh, the passing game that we hoped to see improved with the you know new quarterback, new receivers. You know, it looked pretty darn good. You know, all the all the questions that we had for this team that we were like, we think we feel good about it. We'll see what happens when the lights come on. For largely answered i think maybe the the one that the jury's still the most out on is the offensive line where you know i think we saw how Jaden delore and a smart quarterback can in fact make a uh an o-line with that's maybe average at best look better by not panicking not taking sacks as 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 often and and throwing the ball away appropriately and not and you know not creating problems Mm -hmm. but overall i mean it's not a stretch to say that arizona just dominated that game 
No, no, that's exactly what happened. And you touched on it. Jay and Delora was outstanding. He had the one interception, and I think it was maybe one of the throws just like, eh, that wasn't great. And you're going to get with Jay and Delora. He's a gunslinger, but he was decisive. He was quick. He was accurate. And, like, the third touchdown to Jacob Cowing was wide open, okay? It was, like, down the middle of the field, down the seam, wide open, great move by Cowing getting there. When that ball was in the air, it was perfect. And it's not, it doesn't seem like the most complicated of throws. But anyone who's watched Arizona football the last few years, that throw doesn't always happen. Whether the receivers noticed the ball is on time, accurate for a touchdown. Like Arizona scored touchdowns in the red zone. Arizona ran the ball in the red zone. And just the confidence that came. Like what I really enjoyed from this game is like Jane Delora showed that I mean, he can play. You know, he gets, he does make the offensive line look better. He's going to have his moments this season. He's going to get sacked. He's going to turn the ball over. That's going to happen. But he's a competent quarterback, a Pac-12 level quarterback. Arizona hasn't really had one of those that you could really feel good about under center, behind center, whatever the case may be. But the way they bounced back in this game from their mistakes, I know Jed Fish talked about it afterwards too. The Dorian Singer fumble. Okay, that led to some points. Fine. Jane Delores reception. Arizona got the ball right back and scored a touchdown in the end of the first half to really put the game, I thought, out of reach. Arizona had a punt block. Well, they blocked their own punt. And it led to like a touchdown for San Diego State. And it didn't matter. Every one of those moments was like, a, oh, here we go. Arizona's going to fall apart because we last season. They would play well. Then they'd make a mistake, and they couldn't withstand that. They withstood a few mistakes in this game and won comfortably. And maybe San Diego State's not that good, right? Like, we don't know. It's week one. We don't know who, how good anybody really is. It's possible San Diego State, yeah, they won 12 games last year. They lost a lot. But that defense wasn't supposed to be a, a problem for them still. Offensively, yeah. I mean, I if I'm looking at this game, I'm putting a lot more stock into what Arizona did offensively than what Arizona did defensively. Because Arizona's offense was very good against what should be, even if it's not a great defense, a solid to good defense. And Arizona had its way with them. Defensively, yeah, I mean, 62 passing yards. I don't expect that type of performance from Arizona's defense most games against a competent quarterback, a competent offense. But also, when you get up, like Arizona did 10 nothing, you know, in that game, you force a team that wants to run the ball to put the ball in the air. So that was the recipe for success against San Diego State, and Arizona followed it. I 100% agree with everything you said there, Adam. I think the, one of the more underrated things that people consider is how the offense and defense play off of each other, right? Like when you're getting that early lead, forces San Diego State to get away from their game plan and helps Arizona's defensive game plan to work better, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think, I you know, we talked about, uh, I think I said that like the burden of proof to reload for San Diego State with, you know, backfilling NFL guys is on those guys to prove that. Um, and I, I, don't think San Diego State's winning 12 games this year, but they're also not, I think your point is well taken, that they're not a bad defensive team. Like, you can't return eight starters from that defense or whatever it is, and then, you know, Cameron Thomas wasn't the difference between an elite defense and, you know, alone an elite defense and a terrible defense, right? Mm-hmm. And Arizona ran, so. Arizona ran the ball, you know, if not extremely well, um, efficiently and with vigor to the point where it was, an, you know, I I thought that Arizona might try to pass to set up the run, and they ran to set up the pass uh, much more than I expected, which I is very encouraging with the, the stable of running backs they were cycling out, which I thought was actually a really effective approach because it kind of kept everybody in there. They were like, oh, it's my time to eat, and they were ready to go. Even if they didn't get a lot of yards on it, there was no you know no fatigue. We'll see how that plays out. But you know, I, uh, the other thing I, I, I want to just comment on with uh, Jaden Delore, like, yeah, that interception happened. You know, did he force it? Yes. Did he also run into his own lineman a little bit and get bumped? And that kind of probably led to the throw 
astray a little bit. Yeah. Um, but there was also, was it to, I can't remember if it was to Singer or to Cowing, where he, he there, somebody ran a slant and he put it in this tight window and just threw a dart. Uh, I think it was the Cowing. And the same thing with T-Max touchdown, though. There was oh, yeah. no window there. And yet yeah, he found like, one. There's there um, Arizona's quarterbacks last year don't even attempt that throw. Right. <laughs> right. No, let alone can they possibly execute on it. And I love Jordan McLeod, but he does not have the zip on the ball that Jaden Delora has. I'm pretty sure Dorian Singer's first drop was largely because it was a rocket right into his chest, right? Well, yeah. Well, if he used his hands, it wouldn't have hit his chest. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, like, but, uh, Arizona didn't play a perfect game in this one. How many times last year would we say Arizona has to play a perfect game to win? Well, they didn't play a perfect game in this one. I mean, they also blocked a punt, so you could argue that those were even. But, of course, Arizona's the one that they blocked of their own. So Arizona really blocked two punts. But, you know, it's they weren't perfect in this game. And it was still just so many things to like about it. DJ Williams led the team in rushing at 88 yards in that touchdown that if the game wasn't put away then, it was put away when he crossed the goal line there. Nice, powerful run. Did that kind of reveal? Like, that's what, I guess, how much do we take away from this game is what I'm getting at. Because it's only one week. And Arizona could lose the rest of their games this season, right? Or they could go on and win. And I was like, hey, they're actually a good team. We don't know how good San Diego State is. Jay and Delora, I don't think there were any doubts, especially since that mystical walkthrough he had, the mythical walkthrough he had where it also clicked. <laughs> He looks like a legitimate quarterback who understands the offense and can open up this offense. I think there's no doubt that Jaden Delora is the guy, and you feel you can't help but feel comfortable with him there. Is he the best quarterback in the conference? Doubtful. But is he good enough to win games for you? Yes. Arizona didn't have that last season. Arizona didn't have that the year before. That we can feel good about. Their running back rotation you mentioned, DJ Williams, Jonah Coleman, Michael Wiley, Speedy Luke, all got touches in this game. How is that going to play out on a week-to-week basis? Probably game flow. We'll see. But you can feel pretty confident. Like, they all looked good at what they're supposed to be. And even Michael Wiley showed some strength and some shiftiness that he hadn't. He looked he looked great. Yeah, every one of those running backs looked good. Like, even Speedy Luke, he didn't break free for anything. But you know when he's out there, defenses have to pay attention. So that changes their yeah. game plan. And receiver Jacob Cowing was, jeez, I thought, <laughs> there's not enough adjectives. Eight catches, 152 yards, three touchdowns, was always open. Ball hit was there. He got, he made plays. And Singer had six catches, had the one drop and a fumble. T-Mac, three catches, 53 yards and a touchdown. I, it was a really balanced approach with a lot of things that make you think, yeah, they could keep doing that. And that's the most important thing to come from this game. Yeah, I think that's the big takeaway from this is that Arizona's improvement that we thought we might see is real, right? Like the talent upgrades are real. Hunter Eccles, before he kind of left for a while in that game, looked like a a revelation as a pass rusher, for example, right? Jaden Delora looked like, uh, you know, what the difference a quarterback makes. Jacob Cowing looked like the, you know, made it look easy, easier than it should, mm-hmm. right? Um, and even, I would even go so far as to say that Arizona's line play um, looked pretty good, even on the offensive line side. I, I rewatched the game and, and I saw, you know, Sam Lange got a lot of snaps filling in for things and looked serviceable against a really good defense. Now, when you average 4.2 yards a carry against a pretty good defense up front and your quarterback throws for nearly 300 yards and all those touchdowns, then yeah, your offensive line played well. Yeah, and you know, you know who I zeroed in watching on rewatch that really lived up to the the, you know, the potential NFL hype was Jordan Morgan in yeah. that whole game. He looked like there were some times where he was just fundamentally sound on pass blocks and run blocks. And I think the announcers called it out a couple of times. You know, if you get average play out of that offensive line with the, the skill position players there, 
And with Jaden Delora's ability to offset some of the scramble, you know, the scramble drills, which that happened in that game. There was a couple where it was a Jaden Delora special, right? Where when he, he made some flushed. plays. He, yeah, he made some really, really great plays. Um, you know, if and if you can do that, Arizona's offense, I have a lot of faith in. The defense, you know, looked as good or better than I think we could have hoped for, even with trading Stukes out. Um, I think it's going to be a very different challenge. Uh in against other teams that maybe have a more balanced approach or the exact opposite approach mm-hmm. <laughs> of like who we're going to be talking about uh, later in the show with Mississippi State and then and, and the Pirate come into town. But, you know, the the improvement that even the, the true freshman that contributed, like Sterling Lane wasn't on the depth chart and he got some snaps in and actually got, I think, a tackle for a loss and was disruptive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Deuce Davis was in there and getting, getting plays. Uh, you know, everybody... It didn't seem like guys were just in there as bodies either. Maybe they looked a little physically immature for some of the true freshmen. But I didn't even notice when some of those guys came in. It didn't seem like, oh, that team just got smaller. It's like, oh yeah, they're yeah. That's oh Lane. That's that's Sterling Lane. Cool, you know. Yeah. So I mean, everything you kind of want to see out of that game, I feel like you saw, right? Mm-hmm. And now it's how good is San Diego State? I am confident they're not a twelve-win team. Do I think they're a bowl team in the Mountain West, or at least bowl eligible? Almost certainly, because um, I think that defense is still going to be good enough to win them a number of games. But yeah, you know, you look at what the concerns were uh, that you had coming into the season, and I feel like the boxes got checked on a lot of them, um, yeah. or at least to the point where it's. I think you can move things out of the concern column and move them into like, all right, we have a sense of what it is, and we'll see if they can maintain. Well, it's not even a week one overreaction, I don't think, for some of these, because Jaden Delora is proven. Jacob Cowing is proven. We just want to see them do it with Arizona. Jay Williams has the SEC background. You know, like a lot of these guys, Hunter Eccles, like that's where I'm sold on Arizona's offense. As long as Jaden Delora stays healthy, I'm sold on that offense. Because just how can you not look at what they have and be like, yeah, they, can, they should be able to score some points, right? Like they should be able to move the football score points and be effective in the red zone. I'm not there on the defense just because there's less proven commodities as far as impact guys there. You know, Hunter Eccles was solid in his debut with Arizona. He's never done it for a full season, so I want to see if he can, right? He got hurt in that game a little bit. He's supposed to be ready to play against Mississippi State, but can he hold up and be effective over the course of a full season? Jerry Roberts was a monster in that game. And him I like. He's a solid football player, very good guy to have in the middle of that field. I can count on him to be solid. Jalen Harris was also great. <laughs> like he was at like Pac-12 defensive lineman of the week. I know Jan Delora was the quarterback of the week or offensive player of the week for the Pac-12. Like certainly, these guys did enough to make you feel like they can they can hang. But the question is, obviously, like it's going to be an Arizona first. Like the offense is going to be what carries them most weeks. If they can get a defense performance adjacent to what they just had. I mean, they're not going to hold their opponents to 200 yards offense most of the time, 62 yards passing. That's not going to happen. But if they can just play good enough and the offense takes it away, kind of like the best Rich Rodriguez teams, the defense wasn't great. Even the Scooby Wright year when they won the South in 2014, they weren't a great defense. They would get a few stops, get a couple turnovers, and the offense would do the rest. That's probably their way to the success. But we'll, we'll find out a lot more <laughs> in the comings, especially uh, this upcoming week against Mississippi State. And, Brett, let's take a break. When we come back, let's talk about Mississippi State with a beat reporter for the Clarion Ledger, Stefan Krajishnik. Welcome back to Wildcover Radio 2.0. We are joined by Stefan Krajishnik of the Clarion Ledger. He covers Mississippi State athletics, covers the football program, will be with the team 
in Tucson this week. And Stefan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Really looking forward to, to being there in Tucson. It's my first time in Arizona, so uh should be a fun environment, a fun game, and I'm excited to be there. Yeah, it should be hot. Weather has talked about rain a little bit, but I know you guys have no experience with that, so that would be an advantage for Arizona, I imagine, if it happened. Yeah, as long as there's no lightning. As long <laughs> as there's no lightning, let them play on. <laughs> yeah, no, we saw those stories. It's like that game was never going to start last week, and then it finally did. Of course, Mississippi State just cruised to a win over Memphis, and Arizona had a very nice win against San Diego State in week one. We understand, okay, they're probably better than we thought they were last they were last season, but we still don't know how good they are. Curious, we know Mike Leach a little bit. We don't know him so much about Mississippi State. Who is Mississippi State? What type of team is this? Yeah, no, Mississippi State's a, a veteran team. It's, you know, you look at Leach's history, he's, he's usually a guy that likes experienced and, and veteran teams, older teams. He, he likes having older quarterbacks. Uh, when he first got to Mississippi State, that wasn't the case. It was a, a young team in 2020. Uh, young, I mean, Will Ro- Will Rogers was a true freshman at quarterback, um, and, and all that he was trying to implement also came in a year where you know spring was cut short and um, everything was moved to Zoom and it was really hard to implement. You know, it, it's hard for any new coach in 2020 to implement new things, but especially for the air raid. Um, and, and now we see that team kind of get those reps together, play together, get some experience together. Um, now it's a team with high expectations. And Mississippi State people people expect wins, even with a tough schedule. Um, and, and that's what comes with the veteran team. And Leach has been saying, let us get older, let us get reps. Now the time is coming. And, you know, games like these for Mississippi State are crucial to win. So as somebody that has uh, gotten to partake in person of a number of beatdowns at the hand of Mike Leach teams, including some frozen ones in, in Pullman, it sounds like, you know, what's, what's happening at Mississippi State is kind of your standard Mike Leach team. Uh, offense are is mississippi state doing anything uh differently that arizona should be prepared for on defense you know i, I think there's been and, and week one is a small sample size but you know we were allowed to uh, the beat reporters here were allowed to you know attend a lot of the practices in the fall or i call it fall camp but it's preseason camp whatever you want to call it and one thing that really stood out to me was they did a at least in practices they ran the ball a decent amount uh, compared to, to maybe years past. And, you know, part of that is it's it's practice. You want to, you know, limit Will Rogers' pitch count a little bit. You don't want him slinging the ball 100 times every practice. They ran a bit more in practice, and they ran it a, a decent amount in that Memphis game. I think it was 30-plus or so, which which doesn't always happen. Um, you had 18 in the first half alone, which is kind of when they blew the game open. Um, so even when the game was, was tight, you know, they were running the ball. I think with Will Rogers, him being, you know, this is third year, uh, running this offense at quarterback. I think he's he's kind of made that next step in terms of changing things at the line, reading defenses, recognizing if the team's going to drop eight when it's smart to take those rushing yards that they're going to give you. Um, so I, I think Arizona fans will see a little bit more uh, running than they probably remember, um, though it won't it, – he's not going to run the ball 50 times. You know, he still might throw it 50 times. They ran a ton of plays – uh, against Memphis. Their time of possession was super lopsided against Memphis. So when you say there's a lot of runs, there's a lot of plays in general, and the ratio was still pass heavy. So the, the air raid will be the air raid, um, but but Will Rogers and Mike Leach at the line will pick and choose. You know, if Arizona decides that, hey, we're just going to drop eight every play, um, the state's going to try to take advantage of it. That's one of those things, too, because like week one, a lot of no one really knows who anyone is, right? Like Mississippi right. State beat Memphis. That's a nice win, but it's probably not like a statement win. Not when you say, oh, we know all about Mississippi State now. Just like Arizona, nice win against San Diego State doesn't mean Arizona is really good or anything like that. So in terms of like where Mississippi State is as a program, you said it's a more veteran team, a more experienced team. Is this one of those Bulldogs teams that's supposed to be 
good, right? Like Arizona is not supposed to be there yet. Where is this Mississippi State team supposed to be in terms of like the progress and development under Mike Leach? Yeah, I think uh, what's interesting there that you know, Adam, is I think, you know, there's there's a lot more that Arizona can look at on film as opposed to the other way around when it comes to this matchup. Like you can pull Mississippi State's film from last year and have a pretty good idea of what they're going to run against you this week. I don't think you could say the same for Arizona. So that's a, that's an interesting, you know, part of, of the preparation that goes into this week. Um, but but as you know, where, where the program is under Mike Leach, you know, it was like this in Pullman. It was like this uh, in Lubbock with the with Texas Tech. When you get to year three or year four with Leach and you, you've got players who know this offense, have gotten reps in this offense, this is usually when they take that jump. They went from a, a four-win season when he first came in, and, you know, that was 2020. And, and you know, every program, it's, it's so hard to judge on 2020. I mean, Washington State in 2020, Jaden Delora only played four games, and he played all four games that they had that year, right? It's, it's hard to judge. Um, and, and 2021, they made a jump to, to seven wins. But they made that jump to seven wins. They lost the Egg Bowl, lost the Liberty Bowl to kind of close out the year. So you had a little bit of a sour note of, you know, hey, that could have easily been our eight, eight or nine win season. Those are the expectations for this team this year. You know, it, it's a super tough schedule. Their crossover games in the SEC are at Kentucky and home against Georgia. And last year they were playing against Vandy at home against Kentucky. You know, th- those are tough crossover games to have. But the expectations are eight or nine wins. That's what fans want. They've been told, hey, you know, with this air raid offense, wait it out, let players get reps. Well, now they're at the point where those players have gotten those reps and, uh, and expectations are up there. And, it, and it's one of those things where, you know, you talked about how Arizona fans viewed this game, um, you know, when the schedule first came out. I mean, Mississippi State fans still probably feel, and and I'm sure the 11 and a half or 12 point spread or whatever it is kind of backs it up, that this is a game that Mississippi State, um, with the expectations that it has this year, should have handled pretty easily. So, Stefan, you you know, I was looking at the box score from the week one opponent against uh, Memphis, and you see that it's it's very much an air raid Mike Leach offense with, yeah. uh, you know, Will Rogers getting throwing a lot of passes, completing a lot of passes, spreading the ball around. I, th- I think I counted 12 different receivers had a catch yeah. in that game, which is very uh, Leach-esque. Um, is there anybody of, of, of those receivers that are, that, that stand out as somebody that Arizona fans and, you know, Arizona's defense should be aware of, of, of guys that are the biggest playmakers? Yeah. Caleb Duckin is, is the number one guy. He's on the outside there. And, um, and some actually Arizona fans might know the name of Kai Polk and, and his time at Cal. Um, you know, he's a guy that had 105, 106 receptions for state last year. He left for the NFL um, and Caleb Duckett is kind of the guy that, that came in. He was a Juco guy. I think this is his third year or so at state. And this is kind of the year where he's got to make that jump. You know, we, he's got a huge frame. He, he looks, there was a, one of the, the Mississippi state assistant basketball coaches came to practice and he came over to me and he was like, who is that guy? Because he's so big that even like basketball coaches are like, he's got size, he's got the frame. Um, and he had, I think it was, if you're looking at that box, but I think he had three catches for 73 yards and a touchdown, he also had a, he drew a couple penalties, um, you know, pass interference in the end zone as well. I mean, he's a big guy that's really, really hard to guard, you know, man to man or in any type of zone coverage, honestly, because he's so big. Um, and, and he's a guy where you look at his numbers, they're not that impressive the past few years just because he hasn't gotten that much playing time. He, he's the guy that, um, you know, he's the vertical threat. He's the guy where State will do their checkdowns, their, their runs every now and then, their short passes to bring the defense in. And then Caleb Duckett's going to be the guy that they want to go, you know, the 20, 30 yard pass to that, that tries to sneak up on you. Yeah. We talk a lot about the Mississippi state offense. Cause we know Mike Leach. That's what we think of. It's right. the pirate. It's the air raid. The defense though is probably a bit underrated. Everything we've heard is kind of like, Hey, they're, they're not bad defensively. Yeah. What kind of defense does Mississippi state run? Like what's, what's their style? What's their strength? 
Yeah, Zach Arnett's their defensive corner. He runs a three three five. Um, you know, he was a guy that was at Nevada before, and I think they had a home and home. Um, I'm sorry, I think he was at New Mexico before. They had a home and home with uh, Arizona. He was before uh, Mississippi State was at San Diego State. Um, so he, he runs a three three five, and and it's really hard to figure out what they're doing. I mean, linebackers, safeties, defensive linemen, everyone's shifting around all the time. They disguise things very well. Um, it's a top five SEC defense, in my opinion. I think they were number four in, uh, in total defense last year, uh, which I know, you know, that that's a number that, it, you know, it, it could be swayed sometimes. Maybe they were a top seven and not a top five. But but that I think the potential this year is to be a top five. They got guys, I mean, like both sides of the ball, especially on defense, they got guys that are, are returning, that are veterans. Um, when you look at the front six slash front seven, um, all their starters are back. Um, you know, defensive back is, and, and safety is kind of where you worry a little bit. Um, but when you got that, those type of guys up front who can put some pressure on the ball, um, you're a little bit more comfortable with what you got in the secondary. So it, it's, it's going to be a tough assignment um, for Arizona. They're a really tough defense to game plan against because you can, you know, look at a million things from film and say this is what they're going to do. And then, you know, they line up one thing pre-snap and run a total different thing. It's, it's really hard to prepare for and, and expect, um, you know, what they're going to bring on any given play. So kind of building on that, um, what's your kind of outsider's perspective seeing, you know, Arizona fans have this essentially shiny new offense, at least when it comes to right. skill position players. And touchdowns, by... actually, and touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we, you know, the, the, the especially maybe highlighted most by the entirely new almost uh, receiving room, you know, Jacob Cowing that obviously kind of burst onto the scene last week, but also, you know, four, five-star uh, Tetero McMillan and some other uh, other good players you know in, in your perspective you kind of mentioned that the secondary maybe is the spot where it's a little bit questionable do you see that as the, the biggest opportunity for Arizona to maybe expose that Mississippi State defense yeah I do I, I went back on Monday and I rewatched um that that our, our Arizona San Diego State game and I was really impressed with their offense I mean Jaden Delora and and Mike Leach and, and his staff have talked about it all week. Like there's a reason they recruited that guy to Washington State. There's a reason they they wanted him to to be the quarterback in that air raid offense. I mean, he put up impressive numbers at Washington State. My my thoughts on Jaden are are through the roof. I think he's really good. I think he's got some potential, um, even at the next level to to be pretty good. Um, and, and that offense, like you said, there there's some decent receivers there. I mean, I mean, um, Jake Cowing, you, you know, you said I think what you said he burst on the scene there. When you look at his numbers of what he did at UTEP too, it's like there's, there's, you know, this guy was due to have some pretty good power five. Um, uh, I, Arizona fans are probably loving me right now with how much I love this office and how much I'm, I'm drooling over it. Um, but, but that's, that's where it's gotta be. You know, what I'm interested to see is the secondary last year and, and this year has a knack for allowing some big plays, you know, the, the 20, 30 yard pass. Um, it, it seems like the lore is a guy who likes to get the ball out quick. Um, it's going to be a great mix. I'm interested to see how much pressure they can put on him. Um, you know, is he going to be forced to get get rid of the ball quick? Because he's good doing that. Um, is he going to have opportunities to maybe hold it longer if State doesn't get much pressure? And then can he take some of those deep shots if he's getting that extra second or two in the pocket? Um, that's what I'm interested to see and, and, and you know, how that defense versus offense goes. I, I think there's a lot of ways that it could go. It, it's just, you know, normally you say you get pressure on the quarterback, you can do a lot of things. It's it's hard even with him to to imagine that because of how quick he can get rid of the ball. I mean, even if you get, got a nice scheme going on that front six, it's hard to get to him. So that's it's really hard to predict just because we haven't seen much of Arizona, especially versus a team like Mississippi State. I think San Diego State only you know threw it 16 times. 
Um, so there, there's so many ends on, on both sides of the ball. It, it's a really intriguing matchup. And, uh, and, and I think Mississippi State wins, but I wouldn't be too surprised if Arizona hung in this game and, and really made it interesting just because of how hard on both sides of the ball they're going to be done to prepare for, especially versus that Arizona offense. That was actually probably our last question is like your thoughts on how this game plays out. Cause I know for Arizona, it's a huge game, right? It's an SEC yeah. team, the home opener. There's no way they're going to be looking past a Mississippi state. There's always a chance that Mississippi is traveling out West, you know, maybe don't like doing that, you know, this late game. And I think at eight o'clock our time starts. So yeah. I don't know time zones very well, but I know it's going to be late back home for Mississippi 10, 10 state. PM central kickoff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So is there any chance? I mean, Mississippi State's words are hard. Mississippi state, I'm sure is the better team. But in terms of like how this game does play out based on what it means for Arizona, what it means for Mississippi State, like how do you see it playing out? Mississippi State wins, but how do you kind of anticipate things playing out Saturday night? Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I have them winning by a couple of touchdowns, um, but I think it, it's the type of game where this will easy, easily be a game where it's like 17 to 10, you know, 14 to 10 at a halftime where, where neither team really pulls away. It's kind of just back and forth, maybe a little bit sloppy as – you know, you have two teams that, that don't really know each other. Um, it's also Pac-12 after dark, so I'm sure there's the fourth quarter is when I think State will pull away. That The, the time of possession that they run, and, and, you know, people think of, of air raid and think, you know, big passing plays and huge touch challenges. I mean, what they do is they take advantage of five-yard, eight-yard passes that just eat the clock away. They're going to try to hold the ball for to have, you know, 40 minutes of, of possession is, is kind of their goal, and, and they want to run, you know, a, a lot more plays than Arizona gets the chance to. I'm interested to see if that's what state does in that heat. And, and I know nighttime might be different. Like you said, I mean, there might be some rain in the air and maybe it cools down a bit. If they can really fatigue that Arizona defense, I think in fourth quarter is where Mississippi state will, you know, toss up a touchdown or two to, to kind of pull away. Um, but for those first two, three quarters, man, I, I think it's going to be there for Arizona. And if Arizona makes the right plays, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to say they pull off the upset. You know, if you, if you get to the fourth quarter and it's tied and that defense isn't fatigued and, and you're right there, um, they they got the playmakers to make it happen, and there I mean I mean there's some legit players on that, especially on that Arizona offense that I'm sure Mississippi State would like to have. I mean, there's, they want their, they wanted their quarterback at one point, right? So I, I think that um, Arizona doing what they did against San Diego State and just kind of going out there and from the jump dominating that game, I, I think Arizona won't have that benefit of being overlooked because I think Mississippi State knows that this is a pretty legit team and they put up some pretty legit stuff in week one to have some legit players um, where, where I think maybe early Arizona sneaks up on them, but, but as the game progresses, I think that's where Mississippi state kind of has the advantage. All right. We'll take that here. Stefan Krajusnik of the Clarion ledger. I want you to plug your Twitter account. Me just saying it's your name probably wouldn't help us here, <laughs> you know, so I'll let you plug what you got going on, play how people can find your stuff. Yeah, my Twitter is S K R A J I S N I K three and clearingledger.com. If, if any of that stuff interests, you know, Arizona fans and wanted to read, you know, the Mississippi State perspective of things. Um, but other than that, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to interacting maybe with some Arizona fans on Twitter and, and getting their thoughts on the game and uh, and seeing what's coming up. I think it's going to be a, a fun night. It'll be a late night for my editors um, over on the in Central Time and Eastern Time, but I'll have a good time in Arizona, and I'm looking forward. I've, I've never experienced Pac-12 after dark. I think it's going to be cool. I've never been to Arizona, period, so uh, I'm excited. I'll have some some free time Friday. I'm getting in there pretty early Friday, so I'll have some free time to kind of check out Tucson and, and the area around it, and uh, and looking forward to, to getting this environment, getting this experience. It's going to be really cool. Great. Well, make sure our followers, our listeners, get you ideas of maybe where to hang out Friday night, you know, before the I mean, I guess 
Saturday day because that game doesn't start for a long, long yeah. time. Any food recommendations, drink recommendations, let me know. I'm there. All right, Stefan Krajishnik, Claren Ledger, thanks for joining us on Wildcat Radio 2.0. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. All right, and we come back, our thoughts on the game. And we're back, Wildcat Radio 2.0. Thanks again to Stefan Krajishnik for that great insight into Mississippi State because, Brett, this is a program we kind of know their coaching staff. We don't know the Bulldogs, and they are the SEC. They are, I would imagine, the more talented team. There's a reason the spread is growing since it first came out in this one. I think it started like six and a half, now it's close to like 12. I, it's hard for me to see Arizona winning this game. I mean, I believe in our season preview, uh, I not only called the San Diego State win, and I thought it was going to be higher scoring than people thought, which two points for me. Uh, I did also say in that preview that I expected all of the hype train to come to Tucson and then for Arizona to fall flat on their faces. But that <laughs> might be just be me as a fan trying to set myself up for inevitable failure um you know i think it's going to be a very interesting matchup right it's a complete 180 in terms of what the challenge is going to be for the arizona defense you know you know what you're going to get from from mississippi state on on offense it's going to be a lot of passing uh i you know if trading stukes is back you know that's a big a big uh you know step in the right direction for arizona's defense and then i think it you know, really going to be, and Stefan talked about this, I think there's the possibility for Arizona to maybe get a couple of the uh, big plays, which as good as Arizona's offense was against San Diego State, there was only, you know, maybe a play or two that was even a big kind of, you know, like one of the Jacob Cowing touchdowns, right? But there wasn't, you know, a speedy loop getting loose for a 70-yard run or, or, you know, or something along those lines that I think is possible. Um, you know, I think if Arizona we can do that and then you know pac 12 after dark is in, in full effect and maybe the you know when it's 1 a.m back home for some of these kids on mississippi state maybe that impacts them i know i'm sleepy by eight o'clock uh, arizona time so we'll see how it plays out yeah yeah and that's what kind of what worries me for arizona besides if i guess arizona and one game does not mean they're all of a sudden a good program really good team is that historically when arizona's played mike leach teams you knew they were going to score points so you didn't count them to stop anybody it sounds like this Mississippi State team has a pretty good defense, right? Like, this is not a Mike Leach defense that we're used to, like, at Wazoo. So, in terms of, like, for Arizona, I, I definitely believe, I definitely believe, I'm confident that Arizona's offense is solid, that Jay and Delore will move the ball some, Arizona will get some points. I worry about the turnovers, though, because it's not like that's the type of thing they can do, and I don't know if Arizona's defense can hold, like, I don't think Arizona's offense is so good to where it'll be able to put up 40-something points against a Mike Leach, like against this defense, and I worry that Arizona's defense isn't good enough to prevent Mississippi State, the Mike Leach offense, from scoring 35, 40 points. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think in that formula, I think Arizona has to put up 40 points against this Mike Leach offense if they expect to win, right? <laughs> um, so I, I think that's where it's going to come down to can Arizona control the clock a little bit on their side, probably more with running the ball as opposed to the Mike Leach, like, dink and dunk, get five, like, they want long sustained drives in that air raid, right? Yeah. It's, it's, the, it's the passing version of a control-the-clock offense. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Arizona definitely ran the ball effectively, if not, you know, dramatically well against a, a really good San Diego State defense. If they can get that or better running performance and control the clock a little bit and maybe get a couple big plays. I think that's the recipe for success. And then the Arizona defense just has to try to find a way to 
you know, get some pressure on the quarterback, which if Hunter Eccles is back and healthy and Jalen Harris is healthy and some of these other guys that showed up against San Diego State, you know, maybe that's what you do. Uh, all I can do is just beg that we don't do the rush three, drop eight, and give up 77 points like I've seen multiple <laughs> so you, times in you, my past. You've seen this quite a bit in terms of like a Mike Leach offense or Mike Leach teams against Arizona. Usually, I mean, it's going to be yeah. not, as, not as snowy this time, look, so there's that. Look, look at the Marcel Yates defensive game plan against a Mike Leach offense and do the exact opposite. Ay, ay, ay. I mean, it's still it's it's a nice game to have on the schedule, though, especially after a win for Arizona. So even if they lose, like, okay, fine, right? Like, it's we knew it was a tough game. We knew it's a game that I mean, if Arizona wins, like, all the pressure is going to be on Mississippi State to come out west and beat Arizona. So, you know, <laughs> it could be worse. Arizona could be in a worse position. I I got them losing this game. Arizona, I forget it's coming out on Desert Storm. I think I have like thirty-seven to twenty-four, something like that. Or forty-one twenty-eight, something in that range. Like I think it's a two-score game, but I could see, like Stefan was saying, where Arizona's hanging with it at halftime, maybe into the third quarter, then eventually a turnover, or they just wear down, and one more, you know, something happens, and Michigan or Michigan Mississippi State pulls away. Like that's how I see it happening. Yeah, I kind of am imagining. There's a. I'm very curious to see how Arizona starts. Right, if they yeah. can get out and get a lead on a couple of big plays and get some momentum. Uh, I think that is very critical for for Arizona to have a chance of succeeding in this game. If they come out and just, you know, like San Diego State last year, give up, you know, down 21 nothing after, you know, the first quarter. Yeah. Uh, I think Arizona has the talent to at least push to make it not a complete, you know, 77-3 to type game. Um, but I don't know if they have the horses to, to, to maintain a back and forth if they don't control the ball on offense and have a couple of big plays. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I'm, gonna st- I, I'm already on the record of saying that they were going to lose the game. I'm hopeful to be wrong. I, I'm imagining it'll probably be like a 41-31 with Arizona maybe scoring a touchdown or, you know, 10 points late in the fourth to, to bring it back within, like, where it looks respectable in the final score, but they're probably just perpetually out of reach. Um, but we'll, we'll see. I don't, I don't know if we really have a good sense of how, you know, the big thing is also going to be how's Arizona's defense respond to an air raid offense. Cause the, if it's at all, like it has been in the past, there's 0% chance, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they need, they need pressure on the quarterback. They need to maybe force a turnover or two, which that, you know, the pressure on the quarterback tends to lead to interceptions in this, where you need to be hitting the quarterback as he's throwing, even if he's not, you know, or, or tipping the passes, which, we didn't really talk about that, but that happened a lot against San Diego State. But this is not San Diego State's offense, right? So I think there's just a massive amount of question marks there. Um, and so it's I, you know, I'm hopeful to be proven wrong, but I'm going to go 41-31 Michigan, uh, Mississippi State. Now you got me saying Michigan State, Adam. Jeez, yeah, it's one of those shows, man. You know, like it's one of those shows. So <laughs> now it should be a fun game, though. Of course, the idea of it being close till the fourth quarter and then Arizona loses, I mean, it's a late one. But that could benefit Arizona, too, because it is their time zone, not Mississippi State's. Mississippi, just hard for me to say. That's why I think I went Michigan. Like, I can say Michigan. Mississippi, you know, it's one of those just, like, too many S's, man, too many. In your in your defense, uh, trying to pronounce Stefan's last name would probably give me a stroke. <laughs> but he, he was a great guest. We appreciate that insight. Brett, a couple of news and notes for Arizona. I think probably the coolest thing as we wrap up here, um, Ari McDonald's coming back. Uh, Arizona, she's going to be the director of recruiting operations for women's basketball. That is just cool. (laughs) 
What a what a boss move, right? By Dia Barnes. Like that's just how does that not work out great? I mean, is this is this like in lieu of uh, a lot of WNBA players, uh, as we've unfortunately learned through like Brittany Griner, go play overseas during the off season? Is this the, her off season job, uh, which is great yeah. for Arizona? <laughs> yeah, like absolutely. Because how how does the recruit like, Arizona's like idea? Brent's already just crushing on the recruiting trail. But how does any recruit is coming in and be like, oh, Ari McDonald, who you know was a top pick in the WNBA draft and took this team to the championship game? Two years ago, <laughs> like they know who Ari McDonald is. Like, this yeah. isn't like just bringing in someone from 20, 30 years ago. This is someone who, within the last two years, was making plays for Arizona and on the national stage. Like, there's no way this isn't a good thing. Does beg the question: uh, Can Ari McDonald actually increase the quality of uh, recruits coming to a Dia Barnes team when they're already at such a high level? <laughs> <laughs> that is a. I mean, yes. Probably you can always get better, right? They're not. She's not recruiting at the top level. I mean, not far off it. That is true. That is true. Um, of course, <sighs> we mentioned Arizona. Jane Delora, Jalen Harris earned Pac-12 weekly honors. Um, Arizona football. One more note: they've been they had made it to a bowl projection, and they got an AP vote, an AP top twenty-five vote this week. So that's that's neat. Like they're not a top twenty-five team. I wouldn't even put them there, but you know, hey, that's something. I don't like it as an Arizona fan, Adam, because now it gives us expectations, and you know how well we handle expectations. Sure. Well, that's that's what I like with the Mississippi State game, though, is, like, what is the expectation? Okay, coming off a win, you feel good about where Arizona's at, where I don't know if there's anything that can I'll, I'll, We'll finish football with this. Is there anything that could happen Saturday that would make you feel bad about Arizona right now? Like, how? Like, is there anything that you have to see, like, ooh, everything I thought I saw week one, like, that ain't it? I think... Not just getting beaten soundly. I think having the opposite reaction to bad plays uh, that they did during San Diego State, where they responded well and shook off some bad plays. If they start to, you know, let one bad play beget another bad play, and you start to see that kind of body language and reaction, because that's how you can have the wheels fall off a little bit. Sure. And we're too tentative of a program. Um, I'm confident that they can get it back on track, but you don't. You want, I want to see how they take a punch and get back up after they get knocked down. That's fair. You want to see them chumble one, but I got you. I did not use the, those, I did not verb chumbawamba. <laughs> but you wish you had. <laughs> anyway, I think that's about a, the right time to end this show. Brett, um, everyone, we appreciate you listening. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. During the games, we'll have some stuff. And, you know, if Arizona's winning, it's a lot more fun. If Arizona's losing, it's a lot more drunk. So it's kind of one of those things. I guess it depends on how the game goes. Um, you can find us on Spotify and on iTunes. If you're on iTunes, subscribe, rate us, review us. We'll read that review on the air. And actually, Brett, we missed it when it first came in. It's a little old, but we do have a recent review. What do we got? We do. Uh, it was from August 20th uh, from GoSuns54321. Uh, so I think this was back when we were in, in uh, talking the uh, scrimmage, the final scrimmage, the practice game. Um and Go Suns 54321 rated us with a whopping one star. Oof. With the caption clueless. Uh, great movie. I'm not so sure it's going to be a great review. Doesn't um, sound like it. <laughs> uh, says, talk about drinking the Kool-Aid. These guys are so clueless. P.S. Guys, when players miss time, it is not a positive. Honestly, not worth the time. 
but it was worth the time to write the review, apparently. Uh, you know, it, I'm trying to remember what we talked about. I remember I wanted Jacob Cowing and Bubble Wrap not playing in the practice game. And I'm just like, but this, when it comes back to, and go Suns, five, four, three, two, one, appreciate your feedback. But, you know, it's after a long camp and across all sports, especially in football, certain guys miss time. They get held out veterans days in the NFL, you know, and it doesn't matter because you know what you're going to get from them when the lights come on, when the games start to count. That's what we're getting at. There are certain times where, yeah, actual injury is bad. Those guys didn't have actual injuries that we were really concerned with. And with two weeks to go before your first game or whatever the case may be, you can have guys sit out. Clearly, it didn't cost Arizona week one to have Jacob Cowing not play in the <laughs> practice game. Right? Like that, and like, there's injuries. Like, yeah, guys missing time is not a good thing, but it doesn't have to be a bad thing. That's what I was getting at then, and that's what I'll say now. Yeah, I think that's I think that's likely what uh, he was referring he or she was referring to. We don't know the gender of Gosan's five four three two one. Um, you know, appreciate the feedback. Yeah, appreciate. Yeah. Actually, really do appreciate them. Right, him taking the time, or he or she to take the time to write the review. I respectfully disagree. Um, also, for what it's worth, Adam, I think after week one, we should all wrap Jacob Cowing in bubble wrap. Unless the game is playing for the rest of the season, and as long as he's <laughs> at Arizona, so I, I I will defend your honor, sir. Should definitely like put him, have him play in one of those like giant bubbles or whatever that people roll around in, and see if he can. You know, I think he'd find ways to catch passes in that thing. I think he would. The, hamster, the big hamster wheels. Yeah, or the hamster much. ball. <laughs> so Arizona, Mississippi State, eight o'clock Saturday night at Arizona Stadium should be a fun game. A big game for the Walks, especially after winning their first one against San Diego State. But we'll talk about what happens in that game and everything else that happens with Arizona Athletics next week. Until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.